0: Welcome to Diana Perkovitz Monday Moment in 5,
1: 4, 3, 2, 1.
0: Hey everybody, it's Diana Perkovic. So glad you could join us today for our Monday Moment in 5 podcast. And I'm especially excited because this is the very first podcast of our Good Girl Mafia Book Club series. And if you are looking for a summer read, the summer read, our guest has written it for you. She is one of the most accomplished producers in the world responsible for groundbreaking television, Her action-packed days as executive producer of The Oprah Winfrey Show were chronicled in the acclaimed docuseries Season 25, Oprah Behind the Scenes. Sherry Salata also served as co-president of Harpo Studios and own the Oprah Winfrey Network. She has been named one of Fast Company's 100 Most Creative People in Business, the Hollywood Reporter's Women in Entertainment Power 100, and the 2017 Feminist Press Power Award winners. Sherry's new memoir and first book is The Beautiful No and Other Tales of Trial, transcendence and transformation is the book we are talking about today and I am so excited for you to hear what Sherry has to say I'm so excited about our discussion today because the beautiful no is as I said the summer read Ah! Sherry thank you oh my god
1: Here we are, here we are together for an in-depth, enlightening, and inspiring conversation.
0: Oh, I'm so looking forward to this, and thank you so much for being a part of our summer book series. I can't think of a better way to kick it off, and I want to start by giving you the most uh, heartfelt thank you for the book, honestly, because I tell you, I sat down and read it in one, one go and there were so many times where i felt as though you through your book put words to feelings and things that i couldn't quite yet verbalize so it was a huge huge gift to me i can't thank you enough
1: oh my gosh well i will accept that that is that is the loveliest most meaningful praise because isn't that isn't that when we really um kind of hit the center of things when, when, when we kind of help, help one another lift up or elevate a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that's the tagline for good girl mafia. it takes a badass to be a good girl and don't forget about other girls. And That's I fe- think right. I feel like your book does that in such a big way. So I want to begin by asking you, was that your intention when you sat down and set out to write the book? Was that your intention at the beginning? And now in retrospect, looking back, is does that still hold true?
1: That is such a great question, and I haven't been asked that at all. So let me think about that for a second. It is so good. Um, Well, let me start by saying I would not have had the hubris to sit down and think I'm going to write a book that's going to elevate other people. I mean, that is a lovely thing when that happens. You know, as as a producer of content, I love when that happens. But even in the book thing, I have too much respect for it. So here's what I did. I I hoped I could tell good stories, stories that I loved, stories that, uh, that, that come from my own experience. And I love being a storyteller and I love writing. So um, it was, it was a very challenging process to be perfectly honest. And, and, you know, I think the most satisfying part right now, because you finish the book, you go through proofreading, it's all like, you know, I have hives because I've never done it before. This is my first book. I've always been on the other side of it where I'm promoting other people's books. So this was a little, this, this part of launching it is, has been a little torturous What has been so satisfying and has completely turned that around for me is when I go and and I'm talking to women like you and they have dog-eared pages and things underlined and highlighted and post-its everywhere. And I say, because I I understand because I'm that kind of reader, no higher compliment could I be paid because I know what that means.
0: I've read a lot of reviews, actually, before I came in today online, and there are so many women who have found this book has impacted their lives. So I I think that, I mean, there can't be a greater reward when you're putting your, your heart and soul out there. Was there ever a moment, Cherry, where you thought to yourself, I don't know if I can share this, like it was too painful yeah. or too personal, or am I putting too much out there? Did you ever feel that way?
1: Yes, of course I felt that way because, but, um, and, and like, for instance, one of the most challenging chapters for me was, um, writing about my younger brother's death while I was executive producing the Oprah show and in, in that big tumultuous stew. And I, 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 it was the second to the last thing I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And I was like, because here's what I knew. It wasn't just going to be telling a tale. It was going to be excavating, processing, healing, uh, a big, a big piece of emotional mm, luggage baggage that I really had to take a look at and process. Um, and I will say this one thing though, and maybe you'll, you'll, you'll agree with me. The thing that has made it easier for me to take off my skin and talk about stuff I never would have talked about years ago is doing my own podcast, <laughs>
0: Isn't it the truth?
1: Isn't it the truth? I mean, I'm spewing all kinds of things out every week and I don't even know what I've said until somebody comments on it. And I think that softened me for the experience of writing very personal things.
0: Well, I, I call it the democratization of media right? So you and I, we wouldn't be doing this if there wasn't this new thing called social media. A lot of people call it the toilet of media. It depends, I think, on what you're not only producing, but consuming, what it is you're taking in. And I have found this new way of media so liberating. And I think it has almost given us this sort of tacit permission to Share. Share your story. Don't be so shy. Let us in. Tell us what it is that perhaps you're most vulnerable vulnerable about, struggling with. I think that that's been a huge win for us, especially women. I'm going to say it, especially women.
1: Yeah, I think you're right about that. I mean, I come from super duper traditional media. I mean, you know, even to the last year of the Oprah show, we we wouldn't have somebody on who had told their story. Somebody else, and we had that luxury because we were number one, so we could say no, um, and and somebody else would would come on who would who would do that. Did you just hear that? No. What? There there there's something crunching. Some big. It's not me. Really. Um. I didn't yeah, hear it. Yeah, it was like there was paper. So so when he looks at this for you later, he should just check in a couple of places. Okay.
0: Okay, it, thank you. Yeah. I didn't hear
1: um, it. So coming from traditional media, I think this is the greatest thing that has ever happened to content and to our ability to consume content. And I think you're right that the, the cautionary, note of that is you must then take full responsibility for curating your content. Yes, absolutely. You just just don't flop yourself down. You just don't scroll mindlessly. You know, if you go on Facebook to watch animal videos and inspirational things, then make sure that you're curating that. If you go to Instagram because you want to see some workout stuff, you want to see some interesting pictures, you want to just kind of check in, but don't lose yourself for 15 minutes like diving into other people's lives, exactly other other people's Instagram lives. So.
0: Exactly, exactly. And that, that leads me to something you talked about closer to the beginning of the book. And I'm so glad you brought up the need for change as it relates to how we define demographics. I yeah. have always said to myself, I did not coin this phrase. And for the life of me, Sherry, I can't remember who did right now, but they call him twin-sumers. I may not be in my 20s, but I'm consuming a lot of the same thing that 20-year-olds are. A 20-year-old may not be in their 50s, but now through this democratization of the media, we are right. now able to consume so much. You talk a lot about how that sweet spot, 25 to 54, that's the sweet spot for advertisers and for money. And now I think, well, aren't we just going to be able to turn that one upside down?
1: Because <laughs> I think so. I found- Here's what I found so strange about it is finally, you know, I, I was running a, a television network, and I was outside the demo, you know, and and the woman whose name was on the network was way outside the demo, and I thought this is so interesting. Finally, you have some freedom and some money, right? And and the time to spend it on yourself, and 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 you're not counted. And maybe is it because you don't have that many as many years left on Earth? I don't know, but I I, I really do think because of um, the way uh, content consumption has changed and the, the, you know, you, you create your own network. Now it isn't ABC, NBC, CBS, or, or even a cable channel. You create your own network. It's, it's the sharing network. And here's what I watch. I watch these three scripted series. I watch a little of this, a little of this, a little of this, and you kind of come up with your own thing. And I, and, and what I feel is coming Is the it it's definitely we're gonna lean into a psychographic. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be like, what are they yearning for spiritually? What kind of connection do they want? Um, you know, brands want to be more than a product on a shelf in our homes. So what is that gonna mean? It's gonna mean having a relationship
0: yeah and a real one an authentic yeah. one an yeah. authentic one and i think for that's sure. i think that's where we're seeing all of these influencers but it's going to be interesting to watch the big brands the big companies and how they get on board you know moving along and and you and i see that in our audiences every single day they are looking for something authentic and so that goes back to just the title of the book the beautiful No. So many times, Sherry, I thought to myself, but closer to the end, I'm not going to lie, not so many times, but closer to the end, I thought, wow, this book could have just as easily been called The Beautiful. Yes. Because it all led to so much yumminess. It was... Your quote at the beginning of chapter nine, I'm sorry you're not what we're looking for. And that was someone from the Oprah Winfrey show. So if you haven't read the book yet, this isn't a spoiler because it's 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 yeah. well documented, but you went on to have an over 20 year, you know, accomplished career with Oprah, and yet it started with a no.
1: Yeah, it sure did. And and the beautiful no, the reason why I I, I love the um I love the contradiction in it. I love the irony of it. And I love, and, and actually the idea, the principle of the beautiful no has become really a a, a spiritual foundation for me. And, um, you know, and it is that, that, that title story is very much about how I got the job at the Oprah show entry level position. I was 35 years old and I had been down such a slew and, and, you know, roller coaster of jobs, trying to find my path, trying to find my way. What was I going to become? What? How? What was I going to contribute? Um, was I ever going to do anything that mattered, that was meaningful? And it was, it was uh, like rock 'em sock 'em robots for for many many years. So you know, people are like, oh, you you know, you, you're so lucky. You've spent your life working for Oprah. Not really. I had, you know, quite a few years before that. And
0: 7-Eleven, no less. I mean, you delivered a baby.
1: I delivered a baby boy <laughs> in a parking lot. <laughs> wow. With, with my security guy. Wow. Hi, Rick. You're listening. Yeah, that was really something. But, um, but the beautiful no was really, I had been up for a, a big, not only had I gotten the no from the Oprah show when I just applied on a lark, but. Um, Previously, but I had gotten a huge, huge no that uh, for a job I wanted and needed so desperately as a senior producer at a big ad agency in Chicago, and it was it's it, it's like one of those things. All your friends are in on it. Everybody, your whole family knows. That everybody's rooting for you. I I, I feel I feel like I aced the interview. He's like practically hires me in the room, and of course. A week later, I, I get uh, a notice, uh, a, like an HR form letter that, um, thank you, we're not hiring at this time. And I don't know what happened, I have to tell you. I don't know if it was – I know that there's some sort of energetic surrender that had to happen. But I will tell you, when I think back on it, I just remember being on the couch with potato chip crumbs on the front of me, my my greasy hair in a ponytail, my glasses on, bemoaning my fate, you know, probably saying something very melodramatic like, you know, I guess dreams never come true. And it was shortly after that, that I I did get the message from the Oprah show saying there was a new person in charge and she had had her team. She said, I need people with ad agency experience. They had gone rooting through an old pile of resumes and, and, and tapes and they called me to freelance. Isn't that amazing? And, and what I realized it was several years later that, oh my gosh, if I had gotten that big job, I think it was making 75,000. If I had gotten that big job, I never would have quit it to go take a chance at the Oprah show. Not for a minute. Right. So how beautiful was that? No, it changed my life forever. The Oprah show gave me, gave me the world. I mean, it opened a girl from Waukegan, It opened up the world to me. Um, It gave me a spiritual life. Uh, It gave me information and opportunity. And, you know, it it was one of the most... There will never be another thing like it. No, absolutely not. It was a once in 10,000 lifetimes kind of ride. And all because of that beautiful no, I was able to say yes to go and try out a freelance gig there.
0: That's amazing. You know, there's something about... That no, especially I think when we're so sure that it's a yes and then when it turns out to be a no, I call it the tape recorder. And I define the tape recorder as these stories about us that were created by others and somehow along the way we internalize them and they become sort of an automatic response to things that happen how much of a tape recorder was at play there with your beautiful no at the time? Was Did it trigger some things? Was there a certain tape recorder that you had lived with your whole life that that really kind of got you when you got that no?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I honestly cannot tell you. I, I What I remember is, um, I remember feeling like, Oh my God, it's not going to happen for me ever. Wow. Because, and, and I, I, I was a believer. I kept believing and believing and believing and believing. And then I'd get something would go well. And then, Oh, okay. I'm learning how to produce. I love that. And Oh, I get to work on this fun commercial. Great, great, great. But it, you know, but then, then it was like, well, okay. I want to work on more than hairspray. Okay. Um, there was I, I, I think that I, I think it was such a place of surrender and such a place of release that, um, you know, I, I, I and that even sounds too lofty. You know, I mean, I I really think I was depressed, you know, and, and depressed yeah. and 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 heartbroken and sad, yeah. and and all of a sudden. But you know, there's no question as things work that this this invisible quantum web that connects us all it exactly happened that way. So you and I could be having this conversation all these years later. Amen. And and really. The you know, and these and years and years later now, obviously, I can look back on that and say, Okay, here's what's happening. Mm-hmm. We are we are playing in a quantum field, and 90% of what's going on, we cannot see, hear, taste, smell, touch. But there's almost like, and and this is our, our truest inner self is, is in co-creation and we're almost like bumper cars. These no's are like the, no, I don't love you. No, you can't work here. No, this isn't going to happen. I'm sorry. No, no, no. The betrayal the this or that they're almost like they're rooting us, rerouting us to an easier path. Mm -hmm. If we're only just willing not to lose six months being depressed and disappointed, Mm -hmm. that's the lesson. It's like, take that time
0: back. And or, or holding on so tightly. I I have realized for myself, my greatest strength was also my greatest weakness. And that was that I could hold on just one more day i could do this for one more week because i've got that strength i mean i come from good stock right we're croatian <laughs> you <laughs> you get up in the morning and you go to the work right yes. this is this is That's you know right. you're strong you get up you go you're stoic and i think that i was too strong was able to get up too many times and i was a little too stoic that for me it was just so hard to let go that it took the passing of my father and the conversation we had that last night for me to finally realize that, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Did you have a defining moment? Because so many people, Sherry, I mean, listen, Oprah Winfrey, right? You were the executive producer, you ran the network, you did all of these things. Did it take you a long time to get to that moment where you said, okay, I'm done. It's it's over. I'm moving on.
1: Yeah, for sure. It mm-hmm. took a long time, you know, because it, it, it's it's all those little days and 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 moments and times. And um, we ended the show and then went to help out at OWN to um, kind of help um, the, the Rocky launch, which was completely understandable. It was an unknown thing, an unknown quantity. And yeah, I mean, it you know, I, I would say that. The voices in the background, you know, everything has its time. Everything comes to an end. But the voices in the background of my life really were, oh, your, your forest is on fire back here, girl. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got you've got 20 other areas of your life that are literally ablaze mm-hmm. and 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 it's time to tend to them if you're ever going to have that life you say you want to have.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's one of the reasons why I do what I do now is because I, you know, was at that moment and I knew there was this voice inside of me that said, there's more, you know, there's more fulfillment. There's more for you to do. I wanted a different life. And so now this is what I want to do is just inspire other women, give information to other women so that they too can say, okay, I'm going to take that leap of faith. And so I think just by you sharing, and especially when, you know, you come from the background that you come from, it takes a lot of courage, I think, to just get up one day and say, you know, I'm going to now move to the next chapter of my life. And so I'm curious uh, what your experience was the first day after having that very overly scheduled life. What was your first day in, in a civilian world like.
1: Oh, you're right. And it was a civilian world. And it really felt like I had, I had, I had woken up on Mars. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, what happens Monday through Friday out in the world? Wow. And things had changed since the last time I'd been out in the world, Monday through Friday. Like people are running empires from their laptops at coffee shops. I know it's the craziest thing. I mean, literally companies gather like in, in my, in where I used to live in Los Feliz, um, in, on the East side of Los Angeles, I'd go to these coffee shops and I would literally writing teams for comedy shows. They would do their morning session at, at, at this place. And then I'd go somewhere else and somebody was running a product thing, a fashion line. And she and her team were meet, meeting at a different coffee place. And I thought, This is indeed a new day.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. I I remember allowing my nail polish to chip, and I was, you know, didn't wash my hair, and I I was like, I'm going to go to Pilates at... Two o'clock in the afternoon. Because I know, I crazy. Can
1: crazy for crazy. no other reason. I still now like have to tell myself, don't be all rigidy <laughs> like that. Like I feel like at nine o'clock, I've got to be sitting down, tippy tapping the keys, or doing something. I've got to get up and get my stuff done. I just, I, I still have to relax myself into. You, you really get to decide. You can yes. flip everything on its head. Yeah, you get to decide how you're going to spend your time.
0: Yeah, I actively still work on that, and I call it crawl, walk, run right? You got to crawl right. before you walk, before you can yes. run. And and do, do you feel like you're a runner that you just want to hit the ground and just go running?
1: Yeah, I, I did not feel like that at first, honestly. I mean, my first, first breath of oxygen was you need a physical, you need medical treatment, you got to get yourself together, you got to, um, you know, I, I really s- spent you know, at least the first five to seven days in a, in a deep reckoning, mm-hmm. like really like, Whoa, okay. Um, where do you want to go? And, and, and it really was, I, I had to find the tent. If I would have used my old judgmental self-critical voice, it would have been over in two hours. But I, 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 I forced myself to take the same voice that I use to speak with anybody else who's, who's kind of down and and not well and and needs needs a reboot any any friend the same voice I used to talk to my English Bulldogs Bella and Kissy with tenderness and sweetness and I just kind of began to walk through and 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 I would say what have we created here and then when I could start to feel like I was I'd say okay okay there it is and it's okay We've done our best. We've done our best. And now, what is it we want? And that's the real part that I found interesting. When was the last time I had taken any time to do a little dreaming about the different areas of my life? Like, what is my dream there? What is my dream? What is my beauty dream? What's my sanctuary dream? What's my sex and romance dream? What's my health and wellness dream? And what I begin, what I began to find was, the the more I started thinking about the possibilities, the more uplifted I felt, mm. and the more uplifted I felt, the more I could begin to see. Wow, I really could do this. I mean, I really could do this because the big, the big question was, if not now, when? And that, and, not-
0: and and I think that that's one of the questions that, as women, we should ask ourselves in our 20s, in our 30s, in our 40s, yeah. in our 50s, in our 60s. I think that should be sort of a decade, a, a each decade process. Because, you know, Sherry, I look back at my life, I don't know if, if you'll agree, but 20s, 30s, 40s, a lot of the questions I'm asking myself today, had I asked myself these questions in my 20s, imagine what.
1: Like, Oh, my goodness. Imagine if we all had learned to meditate at 15. It, it, w- it would have changed the first fifteen years of our lives. Oh no, for sure. I, it, here's so funny when when I get asked, do do you have any regrets? I go thousands, right? Thousands of them. Right. Yes. Real talk. Of Real talk. Of of course I have regrets. Mm -hmm. Of course. Are you kidding? What would you say to your younger self? Oh my gosh. First of all, I'd say everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. (laughs) But then I'd say, get yourself, sit down on a meditation cushion, get yourself into yoga. I mean, I think here's, here's the little piece that it's not a little piece. It's a huge piece. Mm -hmm. It's the piece that I was not able to connect, unlock, understand about myself, that I had a big gaping worthiness issue that I was constantly trying to fill up with extreme achievement and extreme achievement, um, at that level, when you're trying to fill a hole really preempts everything else, doesn't it? And at the end of the day, your achievements cannot love you. Your achievements are not you. They are things you've done or roles you've played or titles you've you've carried, but it's not you. And what I think is so interesting, because I, I have the more the less the less um the less usual situation being in your 50s, um, the big career, an English Bulldogs you know, and, and no kids, Mm -hmm. you know, for a lion's share of the women I I, I'm meeting every day and my own friends and, and women I've grown up with, they, they have worked and they've had their children and, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's the same essence. What I'm saying, there's an essence to what I'm saying that impacts everybody that being somebody else's something does not a full life make. Amen. Being someone's employee, someone's mother, someone's partner, someone's sister, someone's daughter does not a full life make. Those labels and those roles are the details of the lives of our dreams, but they aren't the capital Y of you. And so, I mean, that you know, talk about rough justice for me. You know, that that's kind of like 20 years of putting all your eggs in the ba- your bas- career basket. And then coming to the realization that you are not your job, you are not your title. That is a job. It is the detail of your life. A joyride, super fun, really great, very um, rewarding in many ways. But just a piece of the pie. Right. And what else is going on? So... I think that's, you know, better late than nevers. Here's what I'd say. And it's not too late to change it.
0: No, it isn't. And, you know, I, I now I think this is a great time to bring up the whole work Life balance. thing. (laughs) (laughs) I know we both laugh. Um, But I think it's really I I think this is a great time to to talk about your take on it, because what I think a lot of women might think right now at this point is, oh, well, maybe, Sherry, you could have had a little more work life balance. Yes, maybe that would have done it. What is your take on work life balance,
1: Sherry? Yes. Well, I mean, you've read the book, so you yes. know that I have, I had used to have tons of shame around that because, you know, all I did was work. I worked a lot. Um, and when I wasn't at work, I was thinking about work. So, um, what I realized though, is I really don't believe in it. I don't believe in work-life balance. I think, I think just th- that language, the way those sentence, that sentence comes together, those words, I think it's, it's a recipe to feel like a failure and, and, and that you, if something you'll never get right because you're not supposed to, you, you always have to be out of balance to come into balance. And I'm not sure that the, the, the notion that we're all supposed to have these tidy little beaker cups, mm-hmm. which are the areas of our lives and everything is measured and balanced. That really, I, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's the recipe. And it, it was a phrase that didn't work for me. It made me feel awful about myself. So I've abandoned it. I've buried it and I don't use it for myself. But here's, here's the, here's, here's my truth around that. Could I, do I, I, I think we can have it all myself. I think you can have the life of your dreams. I do. I do. I do. I think that, um, I was not working 24 hours a day. So I could have taken the time that I was vegging out, numbing out in front of the TV as a stress reliever, um, smoking cigarettes as a stress stress reliever, eating a pizza and having my fifth glass of Chardonnay or or like that, that those behaviors and time spent that we know is not uplifting to our lives. Mm -hmm. Those those times could have been spent doing things that were so life enhancing for, for the rest of the areas of my life. So I take, what I see is those were my choices and I would choose differently. And when I'm talking to women who are in their early thirties or even in their twenties, I say, get this right now, get this right for yourself and you can have it all. You're not going to be like having to reboot and reexamine and re-envision at 56 years old. It's okay if we've got to do that, right. Better late than never. You know, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams, but, um, gosh, you know, that's what I would, I'd take her by the scruff of the, her princess Diana blue suit, (laughs) 21 years old, blue engagement suit. I have one just like it. And I had her hair. I would have taken her by the scruff and say, get, get yourself into meditation right now. Make yourself the priority.
0: Well, when you did make yourself the priority, you you went away to get yourself healthy <laughs> and to to find what it is, I guess in a way you were looking for. I I really think that getting your health right first allows for everything else. When you physically feel really good, it's so much easier, Sherry, to get everything else feeling good and getting everything I I call it in flow. There's a reason why it's body, then mind, then your spirit. There's there is something to that order. And there there was a there was a session you went to. Yeah. And the woman had asked you to draw a picture of yourself and and draw a picture of where you see yourself and how you see yourself. Can you tell everyone a little bit about that? Because I found it Oh, I don't know. It went right through my heart. I felt, yeah. I felt it.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a, I didn't see it coming. It was, uh, I'd signed up. I was away for a week at a, we care, a resort and spa out in desert hot springs. And it's, it's a supervised fast with colonics. And it's, it's like when you need like a, whoo, a big wake up call sure. for your body. Um, it's, uh, I, I highly recommend it. And I've been back many times, but I had signed up, of course, I see, you know, posted on the the bulletin board, hypnotherapy for weight loss. And I'm like, yes. You know, listen, I'm still looking for the magic bullet. still looking for the the little necklace to go hypnotize me right into skinniness. And um, this woman's very wise, Renee Cardenas, very wise. and, and, And she just wouldn't do what I wanted to do. It was like, she's talking. She's asking me all these questions. I'm like, oh, let's just pull out your necklace and let's get to hypnotizing. And she asked me, she had brought markers and and paper. And, and I was like, oh, this is going to be one of those stupid drawing exercises. (laughs) And I was like, oh, what a waste of money this is. And I was filled with judgment and contempt really. And she says, don't think about it. Pick up these markers and draw who you are today. Draw yourself as you see yourself right now don't look at it, don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. So I did, and she said turn it over, then draw yourself as you wish you could be. Mm-hmm. Picked up the markers, blah blah blah, turned it over. And um then draw what would have to happen for the first per- picture to become the second picture, blah blah blah. So then I have to turn it over and look at them and it was so shocking because I didn't expect it to work. I didn't expect it to mean any be mean anything. And here we are talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, these years later that the first picture is a woman. It's clearly it's me. And there, where her eyes are, there's blue X's where her lips are. There's a big red X. And it's almost like, it's like my interpretation was here's a woman who's worn out and doesn't want to see how worn out she is. Doesn't want to talk about it. Um, just doesn't want to be conscious at all and in the second page was this flirty smiley sparkly um you know with divine feminine is best I could do with colored markers coursing through and I'm like I'm, I literally I looked at that 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 rendering I had done with great longing and I was like wow That's, that's really what I want for myself. And then my last little picture was, it was in in a representation of a door. And what was so touching about that for me later on, and certainly when I was writing it for this book was I'm not the only one standing in front of that door. That's when I began to feel like all these spirits with me the spirits of women with me who are in that same place where there's a big, huge door and it's scary to make changes and you're tired and you're worn out and you don't feel like you can change one more damn thing. But you kind of know on some level that you're not done yet. This isn't all you wanted. And maybe it's through that door. If you can kind of just pull yourself together enough and love yourself enough to walk through it. And I, I, I appreciate that it resonated with you. I think it's one of the most powerful things I wrote about.
0: I, I loved it and it really I, like I said it I felt it. It wasn't just words on a page. I really, really felt that. And it at the time and even now, what I what comes to mind is, The door is right there and it's wide open. We have to decide to just walk through it.
1: Yeah. I mean, we have to, and we have to decide. And, and and I, and I understand that that seems daunting and it seems like, well, I don't know what to do. It's the little things. Mm -hmm. It's like, you just got to start stirring up the dream pot. It's the little things. It's like, how many ounces of water are you drinking a day? That's not a small, that seems like a small thing. It has a big, huge impact on your energy level and feeling healthy and feeling good. How many plants are you eating today? How many veggies and fruits and veggies are you getting in? How... You know, are you moving just even a walk around the block? It's the little things that start to stir that creative, spiritual, emotional energy. And pretty soon you start to believe that anything's possible. And once you get that hope going, you've got fuel. You've got fuel to keep moving forward.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things you talk about in the book is ask, it is given, allow, it's a direct quote from the book. And I wonder Sherry, is there of the 3 ask it is given allow? Is there one of the 3 that perhaps you struggle with? I know I know there's one that I struggle with.
1: Well, okay, so first of all, let me give full credit to Abraham Hicks. Mm-hmm. Those are the three steps of manifestation in, for that Abraham Hicks teaches. But yeah, so so ask we we can't help but ask because you know, we're we're constantly like i wish things were this i wish things were that and then uh the universe responds and th- that the the part that most people struggle with mm-hmm. and of course the part that i struggle with cuz step 2 is not mine step 2 is the universe has responded it's the third one which is allow you got me yeah <laughs> that's and, it and, and really what allow means is that you're managing your mood you are tending to your vibrational climate and, you know, and these, um, that's been my spiritual path for 15 years, Abraham Hicks. And so, um, I, I, you know, it's, it's just in my, my nomenclature, it's the language I speak, but, and even though I've, I've, I've studied for 15 years, even though I know it's true, even though my whole life is evidence that it's true, I still sometimes, I I still sometimes can't allow. Mm -hmm. Do you You think
0: that's human nature? Or do do you think that's something that we as women struggle with? Do you think it's universal? Because I know for me, that's that's the one that gets me every time.
1: Of yes, I think it is universal. It's but it's not universal because it's just a trait of ours. Mm-hmm. You know, like like the ability to reason. It it's we struggle with it is because we were trained and taught and ingrained not to do it. That that you we should be looking, you know, you know, posit positivity and optimism are not the first things that we're taught. It's careful be afraid watch out for this you know and and that creates a very different um you know it it creates a very different approach to life and possibilities and you know it's a fear based approach and we and and you know especially those of us who are in our 40s 50s and and beyond you know we were raised you're raised by the last two generations of women and, and you know, God loved them. There, there was some depression going on, the Great Depression, struggles, um, you know, a, a lack of equality, uh, feeling like they didn't have enough choices. Many, many of them were the servants to their families 24 hours a day um, and thought l- less of themselves as compared to men. So when you're kind of raised by all that. You've got some, you gotta, you've got to make some shifts. Mm -hmm. You've got to say, what are those beliefs that, uh, that, uh, you know, keep me from allowing, keep me from optimism, keep me from possibilities, keep keeping me from seeing the glass half full, keeping me from, from, from walking my faith. That all is well. You know, it's like sometimes I'm in an airport and and everything is going haywire. You know, cancel flights and all that, and and I have to say, oh, all is well, all is well, all is well, all is well, all is well. You can't see it, but all is well, all is well. It's like I don't want to find out. Oh, dang it! I didn't want them to cancel the flight, but look, we crashed. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like all is well, all is well, all is well. So. You know, that's, that's my struggle. And, and, and so I share that str- that struggle with you. I'm always overcoming a, an ingrained fearfulness that things aren't going to turn out okay or going to go my way. Mm-hmm. And then I challenge that. I notice it and I challenge it. And I begin to just say, but that's not what you believe, Sherry. Mm-hmm. That's not what you believe. So, now, in this moment, when we feel that fear coming up or that resistance to change, or we start feeling like it's never going to happen, or that old voice that tape comes back in our heads, it's time to like I, I just try to bless it and say thank you. You're no longer you're you're no longer needed here. Thank you for your service. You're no longer needed here because I want I, I want my glass half full.
0: And isn't that the control that we that's the control we actually, do have. Yes. That's the control we do. I mean, for all of the things that we're desperately trying to control that
1: we can't, this is the one thing we can control. Oh, that's brilliant. That's exactly right. Right? It's exactly right. We we but see, but see, it, it's so interesting how we would rather mind everybody else's <laughs> business than choose happiness for ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What's you that know, all I, about? I, I sign out uh-huh. Well, isn't that, a, isn't that a wonderful distraction when you can busy yourself with 80 hours of week, mm-hmm. a, a, a week of work, or you can be all concerned and worried about how other people are living their lives you have control over nobody exactly, but yourself. Exactly, exactly.
0: You know, you talk. I, I love the way you you see things, and and you even use the word as part of my norm, my nomenclature. This is just part of who I am and where I am. You really, Sherry, had a front row seat to so many thought leaders. You produced so many shows with them. Is there one show from? All of the years you were with Oprah, is there one guest that really, it was the the standout moment, the turning point for you that really sort of got you thinking in a different way?
1: Well, it was all taking shape and I will say everybody impacted me. Mm -hmm. Um, The November before I started my career with Oprah, I was in the audience for the first time. I went with my cousin, Kim, and we had seats. We saw Marianne Williamson. She was on for... I think it was, she was on for her Illuminata, her book of prayer, I think it was. And I was like, wow, this this writing is like, not, and, and a return to love shook me up. And Deepak Chopra, Seven Spiritual Laws of Success changed everything for me. I, I think the thing that I remember super clearly was the big, bold move Oprah made to make um, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, a book club selection, mm-hmm. and because we were daytime TV and our ratings would have plummeted, um, we did a special online live thing every Monday night for eight weeks. Every Monday night for eight weeks, we went live around the world, digital, you know, in, and the internet, the interwebs, wow, and <laughs> breaking it was like, yeah, it, yeah, it, at the time, sure, yeah, it was, sure. it was the, at the time the only thing that did that was like uh-huh. the Super Bowl. And, uh, it was amazing. And I remember, I mean, so obviously I, I spent a lot of time with that material in the book and, and got to see him, you know, week after week after week as a very, you know, there's some people who come to this earth and they're messengers from the other side. And he is one of them. And- he is, he is exactly the real thing wow. for sure.
0: So, so you recommend to anyone who's listening
1: A New Earth is a really great book. So is Deepak's The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Mm -hmm. Um, Anybody who's listening to this has read A Return to Love, I'm sure. Um, And my favorites of all time are the Esther Hicks books, which are Ask and It Is Given and The Vortex. Um, I think those are two of my favorites.
0: And see, even here at Good Girl Mafia, we are in the middle of what? A book series. All because who started it? You all did. I mean, isn't that crazy? Think about how many people now do book clubs and book series. And before you and Oprah, but before your group did that, it wasn't even a thing. No one was doing it.
1: I know that was really and that was before my time. And it was um, I, I think I was a promo producer was I a promo producer? Yeah, I was a promo producer. Um, it was brilliant and genius Mm -hmm. of, and you know, and, and that's what the Oprah show was. Those things were, you know, the brilliant genius young producers that launched that show and, um, Oprah wanting to bring things that had never been done to her, to, to her platform Mm -hmm. and really a special, special stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, it was history. I mean, you all made history for sure. And and think of, you know, what an inspiration Oprah is to so many women. I mean, she really, I think, exemplifies what it means to listen, listen to what's happening and ask yes. the right questions, right? Listen yeah. and and ask. You know... I I, I want to, unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap this up at some point. You realize we've been chatting for close to an hour. I could talk to oh you my for God. another hour. You're amazing. It so good. I know, I know, I know. But I want to sort of wrap things up with the way you wrapped up the book, Sherry. And you say you are what you dream. And I know that you you've already talked about that, and you one hundred percent believe that I am of the same mindset. Absolutely, you are what you dream. Is your dream living up to its own hype? Right.
1: Um, well, I will tell you, my dream has no hype. Mm. Um, I, you know, hype is from another day and another time for me. Really, my dream is to be more mindful, more present. Um, to, to really, um, inhabit the little moments of my life, not to let them just slip by me, you know, to like, I get to put ritual in my life now, um, and, and, and mindfulness and, and, and see like what the fruits of it are like, wow, look at how you're feeling this week. And, you know, just all the, the, the little touches, the little paying attention to things. Um, you know, I made a, a big move. I decided I wanted the experience of living in a smaller town, in a smaller community, something a little bit more neighborly than a big city. Mm-hmm. And I'm loving that. And I'm I'm adding all kinds of new things to my life. I'm gardening. I have, I'm growing my own crops. I had my own salad wow. for, l- for lunch today, which I've never done anything like that, but it really is about taking that time every day and just saying, what do I want to create? What matters to me today? And have I done all the little practices that put me in that sweet spot where I can allow everything I've ever dreamed of to manifest? Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, it's not, it, it, it is when, when you're tuned into that, it does make life feel like a magic carpet ride like a magic joy ride, like, Whoa, That you, you know, you say, I wish I had somebody who could do in they walk the phone rings. Do you? So now I just asked everybody, do you know anybody who can do this? Do you know anybody who can do that? Because I'm, I'm amazed by how in that, um, aligned place, how the universe just delivers, just things just show up and that the right inspiration comes. It, I find it so, I find it completely shocking and remarkable and, and yeah, so the dream is real good.
0: I, I truly believe the best is yet to come. I mean, think about it, Sherry, you still get a first kiss. Right.
1: Yes. I mean,
0: think about yes. the magic of a first kiss. Like, how yes. amazing is that? You you get to do amazing. the first things and and new things all the time. Like for me, yes. it's I'm learning Spanish and I want to take tango lessons. And there's so much new. But I know. Have so I mentioned important. the first? Have I mentioned the first kiss? I mean, there's so many great things that are like yes. just around the corner. It's never too soon. It's never too late. It really is true. We are just on time. Yeah. You're amazing. I can't You're thank amazing. you enough. I cannot thank you enough and talk about that female intuition. Now I'm going to do full disclosure. I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see your photo and I see this book called The Beautiful No and I read the caption, I didn't know who you were, I didn't know your bio. I did I just looked at that photo and and that's when I messaged you and said, "Would you like to be on my podcast?"
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: And That's then, amazing. I know. And then afterwards, I went and I looked through. I'm like, oh, my God. I cannot believe. That. And then I read the book, and I was like, oh, my God. Now I really can't believe because
1: it just- Oh, my gosh. Oh, it was meant to be. Isn't it? It was just meant to be. Because, you know, I mean, I, 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 I say no a lot. I say no a lot. That just felt like a good yes.
0: Well, it felt like the book I wanted to read. I, know. Know. I can't even tell you. I didn't want to tell you that until now, but Sherry, I love it. thank you so very much. I thank you as inadequate, actually. I have so enjoyed your book. I've enjoyed talking with you. And again, I'm going to end the way I began. My most heartfelt thank you for putting everything into words because you helped me verbalize certain things that were still a little wishy-washy in my head. So thank you.
1: You are so welcome. I loved this time.
0: I'm so glad you did. Thank you. And you will be hearing from me and we will chat again soon. Thank you, Sherry.